to the Homeworkies podcast, and we are really excited today. We have one of our faves here on the podcast today. We were talking with Katherine Davis, and this is so exciting. And I'm focused with Rachel Wagner, and Anna's here. Hey, everybody. Yes. And Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me again. It's lovely to reconnect. I can't believe it's a year ago I first talked <laughs> with you, and it's lovely to meet Anna as well. Sort of. So nice to meet you. Yes. <laughs> sort of world that we, we live in these days. Yeah. It feels like we've had you on more than just the one time with Olivia, which we'll put a link down if people haven't, haven't listened to that Yeah, uh, because we have kind of kept in touch this whole year, which has been fun. Yeah. yeah throughout like, um, along, like when, when I'm working on a production, like sometimes I'll do just say like, daily pictures. So <laughs> not giving too much away yeah. generally, uh, cause they usually have, they're pretty mute. Uh, productions in terms of giving out storyline and so forth but um, I think you caught on pretty quickly that Ollie and I were working together again so I was like okay and then yeah I've been I really appreciate that you guys have touched base with me throughout the year and your support it means the world to me it really does very humbling and um, I'm so grateful for it Wow, it's been really fun yeah we'll we'll see something Anna and I will see something we'll be like ooh. We're so excited. What is it? Where is it going to be? Who's it going to be with? You know, what's the story going to be? We get yeah. excited um, yes, by, yes, by, yes. Your, by your posts. The little crumbs I give, right? I yeah. Leave little crumbs and everything. But no, it was it was funny uh, when the role was coming up in the February. I got it on my birthday, actually, which was a really lovely surprise. And my agent was like, happy birthday. Here's an offer for you. Let me know if you want to do it. And I was like, oh. and then... I'd said yes I was reading through the script and suddenly my phone bings and Ollie had reached out to me and he's like are you doing uh planes trains and Christmas trees and I'm like are you playing Brett and so it was so nice to know that this was my first lead with a new company I'd worked with them before but uh, usually in kind of more supportive roles so uh it was so nice to know that I already had a familiar face going in day one you know we were going to be reunited after the holidays and stuff so that was that was really great yeah how do you feel about being like the queen of Christmas lately? It's kind of surreal in a way because they're filmed like throughout the year. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, I'm almost invasive on everyone. Um, like all my friends knew that I was working, but of course they, you know, when they start launching on like Lifetime or City TV, it's sort of, there was this one, I'm very blessed. I just finished a production three days ago and I was in Ottawa, the capital of Canada filming. And it was like the day I arrived, Six Screws of Santa aired a week after, like three days into production, Planes, Trains, Christmas Trees aired. And then now it's coming up with Santa's Got Style this Friday. So um, it's it's strange because you've done all of the work. Like I did the ADR at the end of the summer and things like that. So it, it feels kind of beyond your control, especially when it's the American, you know, releases of everything. You're just sort of like, okay. Okay, because I can't I can't watch it here. Like I don't have the the channels unless I get a screener version sent to me. Um, so it it's funny. It's kind of you feel almost detached from it, and then when you start to hear feedback from people, you're like, oh yeah, I really am like invading Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets fed up with me. Yeah. Uh, I'm so yeah, beyond grateful for the opportunities that different production companies continue to to put in me and the trust and then your support, like you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. Very, very lucky. Well, so we had last year, you had Christmas on fifth Avenue. Yeah. Which we loved so much. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. 
I mean, I honestly feel like it is one of the best of these like made for TV Christmas movies. That's so sweet. I've ever seen. So much. My um I have a job sometimes in between acting stuff and my boss for that just saw it and she was like it was my favorite Christmas movie I'm like oh my god <laughs> my boss watched it kind of thing so mm-hmm. it's um yeah it's I'm really glad with how everything worked out with that I think it was a very special production um on a multitude of levels like my first lead role and the fact that it was received so well um I think it goes to show that the production that we all pulled together to put forward a really a really great finished product, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Brain Power Studios has continued to give me amazing opportunities to um, to work with them. And they fostered me up since 2018. I was first kind of flagged by them in an audition and they've just given me roles that I built up over time uh, until the first lead I was trusted with, which was Christmas on Fifth in the role of Eva. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe that was your first lead role. It just when you watch the movie, you would just never know. You just seem so comfortable and so much amazing, pure, beautiful energy. And just, you just, just, it's amazing. I, I swear. Thank you. I, I couldn't have done it without the support of the people around me. Like day one, I was really nervous. And I had the support of Randy Thomas and Tondra Richardson who play my parents in it. They just were like, this is, this is your turn. Like you're the number one, do it. And I remember having a pep talk with my brother on the first day Um, you know he's like just get out of your head just just do the work just be there just be present show you know give options give choices and then of course working with Olivier I did it uh, we started working together a few weeks before via Zoom (laughs) because that's how we had to roll in that time and um, it was really great to establish that trust and confidence and connection with each other before we went to camera because then it was just felt easier every day and of course you've got the amazing support system of a crew that I have grown up with along um alongside and worked with and um you get to see them growing up through positions as well they might start as a camera assistant and then they end up as a DOP at the end of it sort of thing so as again such a wonderful thing that brain power does is that they're a family that just foster talent up through well and I think it also just helped that it has such good bones like the 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 book uh, of course after I saw the movie I read the book Sarah Morgan <laughs> yeah. and it's great it's really good. And they, they did such a good job of kind of translating that to yeah. the script. I, I remember um, chatting with the executive producer, Beth Stevenson on one of the days um, I I'd, I'd bought the book. As soon as I got the role, I, I bought the book and I actually never got the chance to read the book before we went to production. Cause I told Beth, I think I was in my tests, like my hair fittings and, and uh, sorry, uh, costume fittings and hair tests. And um, I said to her, I, like, I bought the book. And she's like, oh, it's a bit raunchier than what we're going with. And I was like, <laughs> it no, is spicier. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Then, yeah, throughout production, um, Olivier would take my copy because I'd have it in my bag with me. And he'd take my copy and we started to try and take pictures of each other throughout the production, like him engrossed in this book. And um, I never got to see the pictures in the end, but it, like, he'd be in his trailer and I would be in the window kind of going like, like overlooking him and, and stuff like that. So we just had this running joke throughout the production that we were trying to, we got caught red-handed reading raunchy material. But I, I think it translates really well to the the yeah. script and then to the screen as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. And they, because Eva's just such a, an endearing character in the books and in the movie. 
Uh, and uh, I think that goes a long way. You, you want her to be happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, you root for her from the beginning. And I think just almost say Eva's optimism of life aligned with my own as well, in terms of this being the first lead role. And I think just the happiness and joy I had throughout production, it does seep through um, mm -hmm. the lens too. And um, I spoke to Olivier just a couple of weeks ago, actually, and he he was very sweet. And he said to me, he's like, you're, you see, you're so happy when you're doing the work and it oozes through the camera. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like I'm literally, I, I have to remind myself that, you know, on set, you've got long, long days and stuff. And I'm just like, guys, we're making like movie magic. It's romance. It's love. It's human connection. There's no drama kind of thing. It's just, it, yeah, it's, I'm so lucky. Love and unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> well, it is so nice when the the right roles find the right actress. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it makes a big difference. It really does because you can tell when someone just really embodies and wants to be there and has the energy of the character and is really bringing it. It's it makes such a big difference, and it definitely comes across in your oh. your roles. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, how have you managed to get down, packed, and practice such a good um, American accent? Because, you know, I told my mom to watch Christmas on Fifth Avenue, which she really enjoyed. And I was like, yeah, you'd never believe, like, you know, she has, you know, like an English accent. And, you know, when you watch the movie, you'll see, you can't even tell at all. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering, like, kind of what goes into that and how have you managed yeah. to make it so good? Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's growing up in between England and Canada. I was, I grew up surrounded by that accent itself, like a Canadian accent. Just the only thing that I have to be careful on is that, you know, uh, Canadians are known for saying sorry, where yeah. the Americans, sorry, like kind of thing. <laughs> right. But, um, I feel that a growing up there, but I also work with sound engineers as well on set. And I will happily tell them, like, if you hear an inkling of an accent, flag it for me so that I know to go in and fix it because vowels tend to be my tricky ones o's especially because um yeah the English o is is shorter to the North American I think that's what it is so um I usually work with a sound engineer that I'm perfectly happy for them to flag something um in between takes and then um yeah I guess I studied a little bit of like accent work and linguistics at, at um theater school um, cause I was already kind of coming in with the English accent. So it's not the RP version of it, registered pronunciation, but it's sort of having that English accent background meant that I could kind of jump into regionalities fairly easily. So my challenge was more so to make sure that I had an American accent down, like a very neutral one before leaving school. Cause, um, head of my program told me, she's like, you know, I love your accent and Croatian lady. Uh, Dr. Cynthia Ashberger, amazing woman. And she said, I love your accent, but it's going to be more challenging for work out there in the industry. So I just had it down packed. And then my resume has really been a mixture of being able to use my natural accent and then also going to North American too. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Calling all Pride and Prejudice fans, Lizzie Shane, the award-winning author of the Pine Hollow series, has a brand new small town romance on the shelves. And this time it has a Jane Austen twist. 
In Pride and Puppies, a Jane Austen fan struggling to find her modern day Mr. Darcy decides to swear off men and adopt an adorable puppy, only to find herself catching feelings for her sweet, not at all Darcyist neighbor. Lizzie Shane's Pine Hollow series has been called an irresistible blend of heart, humor, and a whole lot of puppy love. Don't miss Pride and Puppies available now wherever books are sold. To learn more, visit www.lizzieshane.com or use our affiliate link in the description. That's lizzieshane.com. Oh, that's cool. Well, hopefully one day in these TV movies, we'll get to hear you use your accent because I think that would be great. So. I, I think what you need to pitch to them, Catherine, is that you need to be in a royal movie because those oh. usually are in England. Yeah. Well, I did the Christmas carousel with Hallmark in 2020 and I got to have my English accent with that. Oh, you were in that? I, I forgot you were in that. And, um, Rachel. Oh my gosh, why is her last name escaping Boston. Mm, wait, Rachel mm. Boston. Boston. Yeah, sorry. I thought I heard Austin. Yes, no. the other American city. Rachel Boston. Yeah. yeah I had my yeah. English accent in that one um, a little bit. It's funny. I'm so used to, because the American accent I often sort of see as being a mask of... Um, sort of being able to step aside from me, Kat, and then step on and, you know, put this this accent on. And it feels like it's a character away from myself. Whenever I go back to English, I always feel kind of a little bit, um, I guess, vulnerable in a way. Cause I'm like, oh, this is me. This is, this is who I am, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like the detachment I can have with an American accent makes sometimes the work a little easier. So yeah, yeah. Uh, challenge needs to be a royal christmas something yes i think it would who who wouldn't watch that i know i would that's for sure (laughs) they could get you and like will kemp or someone like that that would be that would be good yes Hmm. (laughs) all right Uh, so yes so you were filming uh, planes, trains, and Christmas trees when we did our Hallmarkies podcast awards. And so it was really fun. You got to f- film your acceptance speech for best non-Hallmark Christmas movie uh, in uh, in your elf outfits for- <laughs> Oh yeah. The director was like, where are you going? Because we the camera, like moving the uh, cameras around doing another setup. And we just sort of like snuck out of the big huge gorgeous barn that we were working and we just like filmed it on the fly on the side be like hello thank you so much (laughs) you know working out and I was like we've got to do it in elf costumes yeah it was so fun is not going to be enough so (laughs) elf costumes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) well you must have been excited to work with Olivier again because you both had such great chemistry and uh it was so fun talking to you last year Oh, thank you. you. Yeah. (laughs) I was very excited to work with him again. Um, The the challenge on this one is that the director would often have to remind us that our characters had only just met because Mm -hmm. we have this kind of, there's just this comfort and familiarity about each other. And we would be, um, if one of the scenes, if you've you've seen it, we kind of start to um, talk to Eli. Eli's just had a conversation with his high school crush and we're kind of like oh yeah like oh you got a date kind of thing and on a couple of the takes like Ollie and I were just having like these these hand kind of like yeah, 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 boom to each other and the director had to be like you only met yesterday <laughs> right okay never mind because you can see the, the playfulness of us coming through 
Um, and so we had to be reminded at certain points to be like, you're not, you don't know each other. Like, don't forget, you just met at the airport the day before. I'm like, right, I knew that. Got it. Yeah. Like what the director is supposed to do is they like, remind you of the world and the circumstance that you're in. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like there are people that I have just known for a day and yet that chemistry is just totally there. Yeah. So I don't know how, how, how that that wouldn't be totally believable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, um, you can have it on set. Like sometimes it feels like, like my first time meeting Tonja Richardson, who's now played my mom twice. And she's also in All Aboard for Love, which I know we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, she is also a mother-like figure to me in that as well. And right from the get-go, it was that we shared a car ride up to set and um, it, we just connected straight away. And I was just texting her a couple of days ago. We go see theater shows together. We go out for dinner and stuff like that. So yeah, sometimes you just connect or Cara Duncan that played uh, my best friend in Christmas on Fifth. I just finished working with her again and we play sisters. And so that was just when I knew she was cast, I was actually in my fittings and stuff. And I heard the executive uh, producer go, oh, yeah, so we got her. It's Cara Duncan. I'm like, I know her because that <laughs> I mean, that familiarity straight away makes the work so much easier. And they do you feel like that people aside from us really like took notice of Christmas Fifth Avenue, like the the people making movies and stuff were like, oh, this was a good one. I think they they definitely watch each other's work. Um, I know that it was very, it was well received that Up TV um, further backed more brain power production. So that's why Santa's Got Style was uh, Up TV. And I remember I was in my hair fittings for that. And the executive producers, like, I just got off the phone with Channel 5 and they've already bought the movie and we hadn't even filmed it yet. So I think like sometimes when they have that, um, I guess that reputation of having Christmas on 5th, which is apparently playing in the UK right now. My cousins are all sending me pictures. Um, it's playing a few times on TV at the moment. I think that definitely other production companies um, see it and you'll be on the radar for people for a while. Like they, they definitely watch what each other is producing and um, kind of take and match and so forth. So <laughs> I was just curious because you yeah. never know if it's just like some random thing that I like it. <laughs> or for other people I don't know uh, but I uh thank I'm so grateful I think it was well received yeah in yeah the end. so first plants trains and Christmas trees where was the where was that small town where was it so it's supposed to be in the movie Redwood Ohio no surprise but um we actually filmed in Hamilton which is around the other side of Lake Ontario um west side of Lake Ontario okay and, um, it's got a lot of really beautiful like period buildings um and we were also filming on the outskirts of that. And it's called like Hamilton Townships. But it's basically small little towns and villages that kind of get amalgamated into the one area. Um, and it's a little place called Ancaster, another tiny town called Strabane, which is lovely. I saw houses, I'm like, I want that house. <laughs> so yeah, mostly around the Hamilton area to the Southwest of Toronto. Not Northeast, Southwest. <laughs> okay that's cool um I did want to ask you you kind of mentioned it a little bit but I wanted to ask so they do do hair tests with you like before these tv Christmas movies and 
so what it, what kind of goes into that and just how do they style your hair when they're doing it? Is it like with curlers or it's totally natural or yeah. So Christmas on 5th was the first time I remember working with her, um, uh, Taylor and Alex Blades, amazing team together. And I remember going for the fittings because Braid Power Studios generally do makeup and hair fittings along with your costume too. And I remember wanting to use my, have my natural hair on camera because any production I'd done before, it was either straightened or it was sort of heated to make it more wavy. And I, because I see my hair as being representative of my background, it represents my grandpa, uh, my West Indian heritage, everything. I was like, I wanna, I wanna have the natural curl and I wanna have my freckles show. Cause I'm like, that's, this is my grandpa. This is my grandpa mm-hmm. kind of thing. So they did ask me, they're like, what do you want? What do mm-hmm. you wanna have shown? I was like, I want my natural hair and they did and the girls did a fabulous job and it's a mixture of like me pre-preparing to a certain extent Mm. and using a curling wand perhaps to polish certain things like little barrel tapered barrel kind of thing and then um not all productions do hair tests brain power does um other ones like the the departments will reach out to you before you go to set and they'll be like you know one of them said I saw your hair on Christmas on 5th I want to do the same and I'm like yay because I'm like, oh, my my choice is always to have my curly hair. Um, and so they'll ask about like, you know, products you use, what your preference is and so forth. But sometimes it's to date, like day one, you arrive and they're kind of like, okay, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of things. It depends on the time of year as well for my hair and condition because I'm in need of a haircut. And um, also like, yeah, products. My hair changes a lot throughout the year it changes its quality style and everything so um it's a mixture of like yeah heat product patience (laughs) 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 that sometimes gets it to behave itself okay that's really cool yeah that was the only thing about santa scott's style that i was like oh i like i like the curly hair better yeah i was i remember getting the email uh, a few weeks before we went into production, I was actually in Nova Scotia at the time on a whale. I was like on a boat watching whales with my dad and my mom's cousin. And I got the uh, email through and they said, we want to have her hair straight. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. whatever you guys want to do, whatever the producers want, of course. I mean, my preference is always curly, but okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was in my hair test, uh, the team kind of let it leak that they were like, oh yeah, your hair is going to be straight in this one because on the next one, they want it curly. And I was like, pardon? The ne- next, <laughs> next one? So day one. <laughs> Before we went into production, I learned that Channel 5 had already bought it and I already had another role lined up. So I was like, wow. Straightness, straightness. <laughs> oh, no. well, that's that's really funny that they like feel they can't repeat hair. Yeah. You can tell them you can repeat hair. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was like to, they said they wanted to di- just to differentiate me from the character that they had me lined up for afterwards. Uh-huh. So I'm like, what? That's funny. I didn't say anything. And then my agent called me on the way back into the city and she was like, so I just got off the phone. And I was like, okay, truth be told, like they kind of leaked it to me on set. Hey. <laughs> but I had another one lined up after. So again, I just count my blessings. Like, yeah. oh, it's been, I've been very, very lucky this year. So six degrees of Santa, this was on lifetime and it was a lot of fun. One of our favorite writers, Shannon Latimer wrote this one. And uh, I think she did a great job. It was a very clever script. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's 
very smart. Um, it's It was this fun script to work on because I like the concept of playing two worlds at the same time in a character that I'm trying to pull a, you know, a, a ruse over someone's eyes while I actually know what the truth is too. And so the audience is along for the ride of knowing that Jason Sparks has no clue that I'm leading him off the path. And so it's constantly like you've got two brains functioning and some of the scenes were, you know, a, a lot of fun when you've got the undercurrent of truth in there, but you could play in the role of Harper. I could play, you know, um, I think one of my favorite scenes is when I we, we make our deal officially in, in the store. And I go, well, what if we can't find Miss Santa number one? Or we do. And she's like 99 years old or loathes your very existence. It's like the undertone of that. It's like I can get across that Harper and him have history in terms of, of our my previous job with him. But he doesn't know that I'm pretty much telling him that I hate him in that. That, that right. was fun. Yeah. So it was, was, it was a very was clever script for that. So mm -hmm. clever that my dad watched it once. And he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> so I had to watch my movie again. So uh, he understood it more the second time around. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it had kind of a, a little bit of a Cyrano kind of effect to it, you know, where oh, it, the yeah, uh, absolutely the, and, um, you presenting Zoe as Santa number one and the whole time, then you end up kind of falling for him as you're sort of training her to fall in love with him. Yeah. It was fun. And yeah. I like that they didn't demonize Zoe, like didn't make her a bad character. She was just fun. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alex Jade, her and I became close on this movie. So um, it was a lot of fun. I really liked watching her performance. She did a really great yeah, job. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. Yeah. So was the, I think the most iconic scene in the movie was that roller skating scene. Tell us about that. <laughs> okay. So um, I dreaded it. I really did. It was day 10 of 14 or 12. I can't remember how many days we shot this over 14 or 12. And um, it was inside the city hall in downtown Hamilton, marble floors, staircases leading off. And I, I'd done some training before, like I had two roller skating lessons um, that the production had arranged for me. And I, Steve just was like, easy peasy. He was a, he's a professional hockey player. So he just translated from blades <laughs> to balls very easily. Whereas for me, it was like <laughs> helmet, wrist guards, elbow pads, and like knee pads. Like, you know, when you're younger, you have this sense of invincibility. It's like, I'm going to jump off that rock. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I hit sensibility very quickly. I was like, yeah, if I do that, I could break this. And it takes a while. To so for me, the whole time it was like, oh my gosh, oh my God, oh my God. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to break something. I'm going to break something. But when we actually filmed the scene itself, Steve I just got to hang on to Steve and he was the one doing all the tricks and stuff and we actually also kind of integrated into the script that I was like I won't make fun of your wobbles if you promise not to make fun of mine and so I think I'd already shot enough for them to know that yeah she's pretty wobbly she looks like Bambi on wheels so we kind of changed the script a little bit just to be able to get me out of <laughs> hot water of any reviewers being like what do you mean she looked like Bambi kind of thing so it was, it was great. Steve was amazing, great support for me, but I was, I was pretty nervous. Yeah. The whole time. I mean, yeah. that, but I think that adds to it because, you know, it kind of adds like you're hanging on to him, like you literally need to kind of, but it's kind of adds to the coziness and like the sweetness of the scene. 
Um, yeah. I think it, it worked really well. It was my favorite scene of the movie. It was just yeah. so- Oh, yay. Yeah, me yeah, too. It, it the switch for the characters of Harper to Jason, like he's putting trust in her and she still doesn't give him, she still won't trust him. You know, she doesn't give him the benefit of the doubt until sort of the scene when me, Kat, is relying on Steve and um, Harper is is relying on Jason. So it's it's like the transfer of trust and that's sort of the the moment maybe in the, the scene to follow that when they're lying under the Christmas trees, that's when it's kind of everything gets lifted and her presumptions of him are proved wrong. It's like Pride and Prejudice pretty much. Like mm-hmm. he really, it comes to terms that she, what he's doing is actually for the benefit of a population that she was wasn't aware of mm-hmm. yeah it, it 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 was just fresh because we've seen the ice skating date so many times yeah. uh, in these movies because usually they're filmed in the summer and it's an easy way to kind of be winter in the summer is to mm-hmm. be in an ice skating rink but uh but for this to be in in the office uh to be uh roller skating it was just it was creative and yeah. you guys were alone. So yes. it made it like intimate and just, it just, it was just a beautiful, yeah, scene. With a big Christmas tree like, right there, which you can't have in a rink very easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had a lineup of, I think, six or seven trees. And um, yeah, the lighting looked great. They really mm-hmm. did a wonderful job. Um, the DOP Ryan Knight was fabulous on this production. So they did a really, really great job of making it look festive, but also, you know, heartwarming and intimate but um yeah it was it was beautiful in the end well and you got to play a mom in this one is that was that your first time playing a mom it is not actually I played a mom a couple times I did some small roles um when I was just out of theater school so um a production I also filmed in Hamilton ironically at that city hall as well and it was a show um called uh Taken it was like a prequel to the movies Taken and I played like a young mom in that. And then I also did a small role on uh, the TV show Rain on um, EW. Mm-hmm. And I was a mom in that as well. So it's always like a, a good like little ego brush when you show up on set. And I've had the directors be like, you look too young to be a mom. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> Sadly not. Biolo- like biolo- Biologically, blah, blah, I can't even pronounce the words. Like, I'm like, technically I could be, I'd be old enough too, but thank you yeah Yeah. ho 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 we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcasts especially at christmas do you enjoy the holiday previews recaps interviews and bonus episodes if the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. 
Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. I mean, I didn't know that Steve Lund was a professional hockey player hmm. in a past life, but yeah. he's one of our faves. We love him. Oh, he's so yeah. wonderful. He's great. He really is. He's so supportive of me. He's very, he was down to be playful as well on camera because we didn't get to work with each other much the first week of production. And so we have like our finale and like the, our smooch smooch kiss was like day four and I'd barely done any work with him. So it's sort of, it's so funny, the filming process that it's like, I love you, smooch smooch. Hey, like, good to meet you. <laughs> like, then we actually build the storyline, you know, along the way. Sure. And it was he was always down to kind of um, play. And it was really interesting watching like his, he's just, a, he's so professional that he would, and it's it's good for me to learn this as well to just take a moment sometimes and just um, change cho- you know make the choice that we would be we were doing a scene in the store and he was doing a line he was like nope and like did the line again I'm like no nope, not feeling that and so gave three reads on this line and um, it was just it's reassuring to see when that happens and I'm like yes you have to remember that the end of the day as fast as the productions are you need to take that moment to make sure that yeah. the lines that you're doing are you know doing justice to the character into the scene as well so he was he was great to work with great to watch it's just lovely because usually the head of businesses in these movies are not good people but you knew he was uh, a good person because it was a christmas tree business <laughs> it's just harper that just doesn't see it yeah. and she never even like she said she worked for him that she'd never met him so she comes in with all these presumptions it's a lot like pride and prejudice really (laughs) um I came in with all of these presumptions about him and then layer by layer those prejudices get like proved wrong and then you all well if anyone hasn't seen it you'll know how it is I love you yes (laughs) that kind of thing so well and it was good too because his hallmark movie it was a major downer so we were very grateful for uh six degrees of santa good (laughs) he gets he gets kind of dumped in it yeah which was like oh oh yeah that's the one that he went on he was going straight on to vancouver to work on another one and i'm wondering production yeah maybe yeah it was an interesting one yeah (laughs) but so we were happy for six degrees of Santa. Oh, good. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Santa's Got Style, that was by Brain Power as well, right? That's correct. Yes. So same people as um, Christmas on 5th. So they offered it to you just straight up. Yeah. Yes, I was very lucky. I had the, um, I, I've been very fortunate this year. I've done um, five movie projects and so grateful each one has been an offer. So I'm sort of, slightly out of that audition circuit that I was in for eight years sort of thing well deserved and we just love that for you that you can just Ollie and I were together that the production saw Christmas on fifth and hired us two in um because it was a direct offer for him as well and then it's the same company but they have a lot of different producers running uh, I think about two weeks after I finished Planes, Trains, and Christmas Trees, I had six degrees offer as well. So I was like, oh, oh, oh. and then I realized it was a different producer team, but it, uh, regardless, it's a, it just was a huge, huge um, 
yeah, I was just so grateful for the fact that the company Champlain Media was again giving me the opportunity to do another, trusting me with the work and stuff, so. Yeah, um, this movie, uh, Santa's Got Style, it's very fun, uh, different concepts, kind of like, you know, looking for like a more sexy Santa, which is just kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> when we first read the summary, we got the giggles back. We were like, what? Like, Wait, what? Dream, your dream Santa. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly, when they sent it to me, as soon as it said in the title, like Mrs. Doubtfire-esque, I was like, I'm down, I'm down. Like, I thought that was going to be so fun to watch an actor play the two different uh, characters and they, uh, the initial script, it was supposed to be prosthetics. And then they just, uh, they went with uh, wig and um, facial hair and it looked great. And like Franco did such a wonderful job of really playing like the cool collected Rafe and then the dorky can't help but make a fool of himself, Ethan. And uh, it was lovely watching those two um, polarized characters, like, you know, throughout the, the filming process, but also as, as the final cut too. And that was really fun because especially because, you know, we had or I had just been introduced to him and well suited for Christmas where he's very much more suave and like the owner of a company and, yeah. you know, confident. And then, yeah, Ethan is so like insecure and like you've totally friend zoned him, which we totally don't understand <laughs> how Madison could friend zone this beautiful man. Uh, what do you think? I, she's thinking? <laughs> I think um, very much like the human error that we are all can fall into is that you the grass is always greener and you become kind of blinkered at your end goal in perhaps life and perhaps say if you set yourself yearly goals you can become so laser focused that you overlook the good things that are around you and I think that was somewhat the case with Madison that she's very focused on career I don't think I didn't interpret Madison as looking for a significant other during this production like at the beginning I was like I don't think so like she's just she got out of a bad relationship last year um she's really wants to push herself in terms of her career she's being challenged by her boss because she's pretty much put herself put her foot in it by um informing them that their sales aren't ample enough in terms of menswear so they challenge her with this new promotion and uh, it comes to her mind that it should be a styling santa Hmm. Well, yeah. Are you worried at all that this is like, I, oh, this is going to be too silly? You, yeah, but like, no, I don't mean because when I was working along I, in the production, like I, I got it, and like Franco just differentiated the characters so sublimely that I was like, this, this is going to be good. Like we, we knew, and then of course you, you get the mixing of other wonderful actors like Lynette Ware, who's just a goddess of the screen. Like, oh my gosh, she's so good. And um, got to work with Scott Thompson. So he's very famous for Kids in the Hall. So that was crazy that I, you know, had grown up w watching his skits, especially Chicken Lady and stuff like that. And then he, I got to share some screen time with him. That was, that was pretty crazy. And then um, of course, like Brian, Brian Sills as Adam, like, oh. <laughs> he's so, he's so funny. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> it was so hard working with him. Like the first scene, my first scene with him is when he interrupts my lunch when I'm having lunch with Rafe and he's like, you know, sidebar, stat, like uh, code purple, I need to talk to you kind of thing. And I go over and I kind of like, <laughs> and I give him like this stare down and he goes like, 
Rafe is not who we think he is. So that for, that was my first scene with him. And when it got to, thankfully, his coverage, so the cameras behind my head here, couldn't keep straight face. And I was like, what's going on? Like, why am I being so unprofessional in this circumstance? But it's just Brian. He's just, he's brilliant. And I didn't get to see all of his work on camera because when he's filming his, you know, his scenes, the phone call conversation, I wasn't there for it. So when I got to see it after, I was like, ah, oh, so good. It's so good. And he's so opposite of what I thought I was going to get in terms of the character of mm. Adam and the description that I read versus what he was. I was like, you know, his his audition must have been great kind of thing. And working with him, absolutely. He was just, he's he's Adam. He's It's so good. It's so good. That's amazing. Um, so like you mentioned, kind of Franco has kind of two, two characters. So how did you and him like work on the chemistry and differentiating it kind of between the two people that he was playing, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, Franco, in terms of chemistry, it's so easy to, to find chemistry with him. He's very like, deep thoughted person, um, thoughtful, kind, I call him soulful because he's he's romantic he's so dedicated and it's just it's just ease on camera with him and my issue with him as Ethan was to not <laughs> the director said don't fall for his like gorgeous brown eyes and I was like right a little bit like the reminder I had to have with Olivier that you're not familiar that I had to put that wall up of the friend zone with him as Ethan and I think because I'm a, I'm an empathetic person as well that when he was, the faces that he would pull as Ethan, uh, I would sort of start to like, emulate too, being, you know, wanting to comfort him in his sort of turmoil and his confusion that I wanted to comfort him and the director would be like, no, 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 don't <laughs> those brown eyes, don't fall for it. I'm like, right, yes, wall. <laughs> <laughs> Different challenges with each movie this year and each co-star. Um, so for that, yeah, it was, there had to be kind of a, a front up that, that a naivety that I had to play as well that I didn't read his like the stares and like the looks that he would give me that I didn't they didn't register to me yeah it's a challenge yeah I um I think all of us can understand that would be a challenge to like <laughs> step out of it not be just like lost in his oh, beauty eyes literally read like a thousand words as well and so he's mm. such a lovely human that when I got to go scenes with Rafe it's like everything I didn't get to do with you as Ethan I'm doing now <laughs> there you go okay because yeah it's still the same eyes <laughs> yes I got to have my outlet I got to have my um yeah my moments with um falling for Franco's gorgeous brown eyes <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, Anne and I were were chatting while we watched this, and uh, we're just like, "What? <laughs> how could she friend zone this beautiful my man?" Too. My brother watched it, and he was like, "How could you?" And I was like, "It's a role. It's a role. Okay, <laughs> not out of choice." Because <laughs> he was like, "He's like, oh, Franco is just like, oh, he's he, his vulnerability. It's like, how could you overlook him? I'm like, it's a character, okay? Not me." <laughs> But I, I love for the conflict. Um, I really liked how the writer did it, how she kind of um, had like your friend kind of say, you know, what I see is a friend who was trying to be there for their friend and help them in their time of need. Yeah. You know, whereas Madison felt more like betrayed and lied to. I appreciated her friend saying that 
And then I think you're somebody else said something and I was like, and it helped, you know, Madison, I think reflect on what he could have, you know, his perception was. And I thought that was just really well handled by the Yeah, yeah that was good. I, I think so. The director and I had discussions and um, throughout the film, she has this underlying kind of, I guess her, what would be on her epitaph is, is um, like no lies and like, she'd already had a deceptive boyfriend the year before that had cheated on her so she had a very strong opinion of dishonesty and one of like, the first thing on her list is in terms of boyfriend material was honesty and so I think how Madison perceives it at first is that it's complete it's a measure of it's just distrustful like why when they have so much history such a long friendship would he betray her like that and it is it's Annie's character that uh Jane that flips the lid and goes like you could see it that way but I saw it as yeah best friend that wanted so hard to be supportive of you that he stepped up into the shoes mm-hmm. so yeah it was um it, it all wrapped around together and even even the scene with Tonja when she's having the discussion with me like mom and daughter scene um the character like Madison goes like why couldn't he just tell me and even then she she's still blind like for me say I saw when I read that line I'm like well he did try and tell you he tried to tell you numerous times throughout um but it again it's the blinkered version of the of Madison that I had to play that it was despite all of the attempts that he'd made that I just wasn't listening to it or really seeing him mm-hmm. yeah well and he says that at the end when he said I never meant to deceive you I just yeah when, the way that you treated uh, me, me when I was Rafe I couldn't you know go without that. yeah the look that I gave him as Rafe he wanted yes mm-hmm. yeah. but it was a really fun ending to that movie with all the candles and the everything like it's a fire hazard but nevertheless it was very swoon worthy I there there were multiple hazards it was me in heels <laughs> back upstairs like that could have ended really badly um it was and it's so funny I was sort of okay on the stairs until they did the shot of my feet coming down and then you overthink everything and I'm like what wobbly ankles and stuff like that um but that was a dress I mean I remember yeah. I tried that in missing and I think it had been in their storage for a while a brain power the company that the costume team, Kenda Hogan and Jesse Manners, they are just so, oh, so good at styling. And they, they've worked with me since 2018. So they know what I, my sizing is pretty much. And so I just show up and they were just putting outfits together and they'll pick pieces, you know, out along the way if they're in a store and they're like, mm, that could work. And so they go for very like sleek. They're not afraid of um form fitting because uh, costumes were form fitting in this one mm-hmm. and um yeah just to, to show up glam because sometimes productions can be a little bit more uh conservative and you know you can't have a neckline lower than sort of here I've, I've worked on productions where such is the case like I've worked in flat shoes only because they don't allow heels or yeah certain necklines having your arms exposed isn't necessarily always the case but brain power they're not they're not afraid to push the limit on that and yeah. it pays this product like the costumes look great and that dress it was a disco ball dress yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the candles look beautiful at the end I never saw the shot when it pans up from the table because I was up on the upper balcony kind of hiding out of view 
but it did look really romantic in the end and that's kudos to the director and director of photography Aldo working together to make that whole ending yeah what it what it should be which is full of romance it was really good it's really good well you have a new project coming up all aboard for love yeah we're really excited about that and we saw in the in the credits ish morris is in this is he the lead he yes. is my co-star yes wow, yay. I love we love him, him. He's happy so, for him i'm so lucky i've worked with such lovely people in terms of cast and crew um and he was just oh he's just so sweet and funny and generous and yeah easygoing uh he's he's just lovely they Yay. they told me beforehand they're like oh ish morris you're gonna love him and i'm like i do i do <laughs> a good human good soul and we'd have like really fun conversations and everything throughout a few bloopers i'm sure along the way <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he's one of those ones that keeps getting cast as the wrong guy or the other guy yeah. so we're yeah, so happy right. for him yes <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of know roughly how the end result but how we sure. get on a thing That's yeah. yeah so are you on a cruise ship or something i know you can't tell us much but I, it, the movie, um snippets of it is that it is set in a marina so i was filming up in um slightly northern ontario um on the georgian bay so we had some days where i i got to lounge in a boat for about three hours being like, I got sunburned, but <laughs> I, got, I got to like lie in a boat, be boat like this, being driven around by the executive producer's um, stepson. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. Yeah, this is great. This is great. <laughs> so I do, I do get a little bit of boat time, but um, not, not too, too much, but there's, okay. yeah, I was playing like, what we say in England is um, baggies. And uh, I guess it's like shotgun here. They're like shotgun this kind of thing. Uh, I would be like, baggy that, baggy that. Oh, I'm having that boat kind of thing. I was just walking around, say the marina being like, oh, I'd have that. It almost made me want to become like, you know, retire on a boat. I was like, I could do that. I could bob around the Caribbean on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. Do you know where that one will air or what network it will be on or? I'm not entirely sure yet. I know it's still in post-production. Um, they reached out to me when I was just away recently filming and apparently I don't have to do any ADR, which is um, voiceover, oh. which oh. is huge kudos to the sound engineer, uh, Bobby Charters, because they, we were dealing with wind and heavy trucks coming in and out of a marina mm. and the creaking of boats, you know, all everything you could think of. We kept, we have a run, running joke with Bobby, I'm like, I'll see you in ADR kind of thing. Cause <laughs> like, you either love it or you hate it. And I kind of have a love and hate relationship with doing voiceover back um, after the fact. So uh, we could just kept joking. He was like, no, no. And I, apparently I don't have to do any ADR. And only Ish only had to do like seven lines. So I was like, wow. That's, oh, yeah, that's good. That is surprising. Yeah, cause usually by the ocean, it's so loud. Yeah. Yeah, we had some heavy trucks and stuff because they were uh, winterizing some of the boats too, like pulling them out of the marina and then, you know, sort of tarping them up for the year as well. And uh, we had some big trucks in the background at times and no, nothing had to be replaced. So I was like, oh, okay. Cool. That's yeah. good. 
we know you probably can't say anything. Um, is there any 2023 projects that you can tease or tell us about besides that one, I guess? I did just finish um, three days ago a production that's coming out on a certain special date in February. Yeah. And that was again immensely fun. I was filming in um Ottawa for that for I was gone for about three and a half weeks for that one. So just got back and uh it's gonna be really cute. I ironically worked with the director Stefan Brogren, who used to be on Degrassi for years. And he was actually the first director to cast me on a TV show seven, eight years ago. And I played a waitress working in a diner. I had like three lines. I was um, really nervous and I was fresh out of theater school. And I remember doing the lines and he was just, he gave me, because theater actors, you tend to endow the words with so much significance because that's what you do with Shakespeare. You know, there's lexicons, there's, there's literally entire languages of double entendres, things like that within the, the script itself. And so I was endowing it with all this work because I was supposed to play this character that is a mystery. And I'm like, oh, I've seen that character. Yeah, she was here the other day. And so I'm giving them information along the way. And I just, I guess I put so much into this that his left, his um, direction to me was just throw it away. And to an actor, you're like, throw it away. Like I've done so much work on this. And as a fresh, fresh newbie out of theater school as well, a rookie on the set, I remember kind of being very overwhelmed and going like, throw it away, throw it away. But I did. And then we had the show and then roll forward eight years later, um, we were reunited in my fitting. And I, you actually cast me in a TV show like years ago. And um, now it had come full circle. And there's also a little scene in a diner that we filmed on, I think day two and three of this production. And we just, Seth and I just kept saying to each other, I was like, full circle. I started as a diner waitress and now I'm the lead in a movie that has a big sequence in a diner. I was like, whoa, it was um, the irony. It was poetic, really. Yeah. So was this one with, so how did you get this role for, did, did, are you on sort of their map now? With was based on, um, as I understand it, because I'm not, entirely aware of how it works um in terms of like the producer world yet yeah I am apparently on a list yes so I've been so I'm so grateful thank you Homer (laughs) (laughs) you're so glad you made the list I'm apparently yeah on a list so it came through as um an offer and it was it was pretty quick like I think I got the offer I uh, on a Thursday and I went, I was flying to Ottawa the following Wednesday. Wow. Okay. And yeah. Then the following Monday. So it was the shortest time span I've had to learn a script, but um, again, so grateful to them, but um, apparently I'm on a list. Yes. <laughs> and I would love to see that list. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think basically producers go like them and them. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's what worked with Steve Lund and I and, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very, very, very lucky in that way. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? 
What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Last time you were on the podcast with Olivier, we did the holiday fun questions. So now we get to, it was kind of reverse of most people. Now we're doing, going to give you our regular, normal question, fun questions. Oh, perfect. So. Not festive themed. <laughs> so the first one uh, is, uh, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? favorite ice cream flavor okay chocolate all the way but I do like me some strawberry too so they you know like Neapolitan okay because yeah. you get the strawberry the chocolate and vanilla vanilla is like me but <laughs> strawberry and chocolate absolutely all right uh what's your favorite color oh oh I like um I like the scale from green to purples um teal blue I think is one of my favorites but sadly aside from now I usually wear black day to day but in terms of like yeah clothing or colors that I always appreciate say the blue of a sky or an ocean or teal yeah teal blue I think yeah good so what music are you into right now oh right now okay well I live in the past apparently um I love 80s music so I will pretty much be listening to Prince or um, Billy Ocean is one of my favorites or like Shaka Khan. Um, I really grew up listening to that kind of music. It's my dad's favorite music and I just love the beats of 80s. So for modern artists, I, I like The Weeknd um, because I feel that he, his latest albums especially have like synthesizers and they have very 80s kind of feel to them. Mm-hmm. So 80s though, that's my era. um what is your go-to date night food oh food um italian i love italian food me too saying italian yes my (laughs) husband and i love italian that's a good delicious i love italy as well and of course italian food in italy is completely different from what you get in north america but um yeah that's uh, dream dream like move to Italy or have some work that takes me over there please put that and manifest that into the universe <laughs> being, being in these movies you have a pretty good chance there there was like Italy movies like, last year please <laughs> it's like what is the Italian tourist for Hallmark? Yeah. Hallmark? there were between Hallmark yeah. and Netflix there were probably it does I mean there were so many they were probably. either set in an Italian restaurant or in Italy yes there was the the name is escaping me, but the actress in it, her name is Kat. And my best friend sent it to me. She said, you could have done this role. And, I, and all, oh, all yeah. Kat that had it. But I was like, oh my gosh, she even has my name. And I, and <laughs> I we had similar maybe background. like Love in the Villa, you're talking about, uh, I think. Um, I see the movie poster, but just the name is escaping my brain right now. Yeah. That was on Netflix. Yes. Yes, it was on Netflix. Yeah, with Kat Graham. That's it. For some reason, I was I was like, "What's her last name?" 
yeah with cat crap i yes have amnesia right now (laughs) so what is your go-to date night activity if you're going to go do something oh um dinner dinner out dinner in a movie maybe Mm -hmm. or with my dogs <laughs> I just I, I have my dogs so I'd like I love to like go on walks and stuff um yeah I had to really think about that one probably dinner dinner out you can't go wrong with that well this one I guess maybe you just answered dogs or cats <laughs> I know my nickname is cat <laughs> and I appreciate them but they don't like me for some reason like I can I've got like scars on my hands from like my we had a little cat when I was little and he, um, I was playing with string and he like jumped and scratched my hand. So uh, that aside, cats just, they know I'm a dog person. And so they just sort of go, oh. <laughs> well, that's the thing with cats is you have to earn their love. Yeah. I think we're <laughs> the dogs. and majestic. And I love big cats. They, you know, lions, jaguars, tigers, things like that. I love big cats, but I'm, my inclination is always the dogs. I have to yeah. myself, so. <laughs> My dogs are the best. Which do you like better, beaches or mountains? Oh, okay. It's tough because I went to Nova Scotia this year on a road trip with my dogs, of course. And I had beaches. I had ocean. I went to Prince Edward Island. Um, It's stunning. But I grew up with mountains in British Columbia. So it's re- that's really tough. But I think I edged towards beaches because I feel I like to be near water, but I do appreciate mountains so much mm-hmm. as well. I live in Canada. Like <laughs> we've got some good mountain ranges up here. Um, but I think, yeah, water, like I live, cl- I live in Toronto. I live close to Lake Ontario. I can see it from my, my, um, my home and stuff. So I think beaches. Yeah. That's the thing about Canada is you really have a lot of access to both. So mm-hmm. it's, you get the best of both worlds, uh, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Fancy dress or sweats? Fancy dress or sweats. Okay. Uh, sweats. <laughs> I know. Who can resist? Especially in this age. I used to like work in hospitality for years and uh in the restaurant field and the venues that I worked in, you know, there was there was always a dress code for clients. And so I had to dress up to the dress code. And so I had like a wardrobe full of useful clothes and stuff that I just don't wear anymore because I'm just I'm not in that field any longer and um I actually ended up donating them to a production company um because I'm like there's too beautiful but you know at least if I give them to the production company there's, there's a chance that they might have a new life mm. uh, and so forth moving forward That's but nice. sweatpants, absolutely sweatpants <laughs> on, a man, on a man though fancy like a <laughs> the man needs to be fancy but you could be in sweatpants. I, I hear you. Yeah, I'll be sweatpants. He could be a suit. There you go. Yeah. yeah like Olivier in, in the tux. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, where I was filming him do like James Bond kind of thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, Ollie, like you got to do this. But um, no, he did. He, he, he brushes up good. Yeah. He's a good looking man. So. <laughs> So what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Holiday to celebrate? I would, it would be Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
it's you know yeah festive and it's time to like you know reconnect and slow down as well mm-hmm. over this break so being in all these christmas movies it doesn't burn you out at all of christmas no, no you i think some sometimes they maybe there can be a fatigue within the industry if it's you know um if it's like film after film after film i don't have that i don't have that fatigue i think i i love every production i work on um when whenever we show up and the set's been kind of decorated even if it's the middle of july like in santa scott's style, I'm like this is magic guys like i love the big fake snow machines and stuff like that um no i don't feel i could ever have enough of it bring it on yay the next one, <laughs> you're in the right field then <laughs> <laughs> there were lots of hearts without giving too much away lots of hearts for your next it. one okay yes. They gave me some earmuffs to take home Aww. with me. I should have brought them for the interview. The little <laughs> earmuffs that I could take home. And that was just amazing what working, like walking onto the set and seeing how the production designer, Shane Boucher, was just like everywhere was yeah. hearts. <laughs> yeah. I always think about the set, you know, the set designers, and like so much work goes into them. Yeah decorating these sets to look so beautiful you know for the background or just the input you know the scene we've never interviewed as a production designer or set designer I would love to one of these days yeah yeah so many hats and it's a huge load in and a huge load out and that's the thing that um a lot of people forget because you know maybe my face is on the poster but I can't do my job if I don't have an incredible team behind me. And that includes mm-hmm. people that are like the location scouts that go and choose the locations and like those that go in and do the set decorations. I, I show up, I go hair, makeup, wardrobe, do my work, and then I go home. But they are the ones that are loading out, loading in. Everyone from like the drivers, the transport, they're the, the cogs and the wheels that keep the production going. Yeah. So every single person is integral to the final product. And I don't think there's quite enough gratitude put back on the crew and production mm-hmm. that do it because yeah. I would not be able to organize anything myself and assistant directors you know your costume yeah. I need to have the reason there's entire teams is because I'll be like they'll be like okay we're, we're gonna send you to set and I walk out of my trailer like la 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 meanwhile I've forgotten my shoes I've forgotten my coat and so like you know the um on set like trailer costume assistant will be going in after and be like send her the coat send her shoes to set and I'm like oh I think I forgot my my shoes because I'm uh, a ditz at times and they'll be like no you didn't they're right there I'm like oh perfect but there's a reason that you have them is because I we we can't do our job without their support yeah I really we really felt that during quarantine because it wasn't just the of course the actors directors that are without work but you know you've got casting you've got uh yeah just I mean so many layers that were all affected and you really realized that when uh, when everything was shut down you were like oh my gosh this affects so many people yeah and it was in Canada I'm not sure in the states um some of the first industries to return were films yeah they really worked production um houses themselves really worked to make sure that they had safety on set that they've got medics on site, that everyone is tested, that for the first few projects that people are sequestered away, that you're, um, for Christmas on 5th, like we were 
up in a hotel and it was still pretty strict lockdown of uh in up in Ontario in Canada and so we would kind of go to set to the hotel set to the hotel and then on the weekends they would just sort of say like please be careful you know um and I I myself I don't really when I'm working I'm not going out anyways so I'm really I'm sequestering myself away just hanging out with my dogs um but yeah the the sets that they worked so hard to get them secure again because it is it's a huge part of the industry in in Canada so so for us to be able to return and for people to be able to continue to provide for their families and so forth it's really important yeah well the last question is what is your favorite tv rom-com one that you can be one of your own or just romantic movie what's your favorite oh okay it goes back to my italian thing as well have you ever seen only you that is my favorite mm-hmm. and it's very much along the same lines of someone playing a ruse and pretending to be someone else mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean of course the settings like they're venice rome amalfi coast like positano I'm like, oh, that that's my it was my favorite from for a long time growing up and everything i thought she was beautiful marissa tomai yeah. Yeah, and um, good one. Kind of the, their version of Roman Holiday. That's why her hair was short in that because of Audrey Hepburn influence and stuff. So I don't have uh, to that. Was, that. I yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why her hair was cut short was to kind of reflect Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn, and that's why they even have a scene when they go to the um the Mouth of Truth, I believe it's called. I've I've seen it in Rome myself. Very lucky. I've traveled to Rome, so I've seen it myself. And they have that scene because uh, Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn have a very similar kind of sequence as well around that. So it kind of is is playing back to Roman Holiday. Well, very good. You answered all the questions (laughs) again. What's the prize? (laughs) Joking. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This was a delight to talk with you and uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me back. And again, for your continued support. And hopefully I'll get to see you guys again sometime in the future. Yes, yes, we definitely have to do that. And uh, do you have social media you want to share? Oh, sure. Um, My Instagram is, um, okay, it's the underscore Catherine underscore Davis. So it's T-H-E underscore K-A-T-H-R-Y-N underscore Davis, D-A-V-I-S. And um, my website is CatherineDavisOfficial.com. Very good. We'll have all that in the description and hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. <laughs> all the best. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of the uh, Christmas premieres of the various uh, production houses too. Yeah. And so maybe- do you care if we get a quick, uh, uh, we'd like to thank Catherine for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk with her and uh, you, let us know what you think about all the different things that we talked about. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. And where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at awscott21. Great. And you can follow the podcast, the Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media, except for not Facebook. It's still down. 
<laughs> it may never come back. So sorry about that. But, <laughs> but you can find us on most other social medias. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. And then we also have the patron group, which is really fun. We have patron watch alongs and other activities. And then we have the merch store. We can get tons of fun Hallmarkies inspired merch. So check that out. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again to Catherine. And, and we'll talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.